Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. And today I have a beautiful, lovely new guest, new guest to the show, uh, brand new in the podcast community, but well worth the listen. She's absolutely fabulous and wonderful. Her name is Heidi Love from Unfiltered Rise Podcast. Welcome, my dear. Thank you so much for the wonderful compliments. I'm doing my best trying to get out there and help some people. Hey, it's it's a good thing that uh, you have your voice. You found your voice. And that is the big thing in my world is encouraging people to use the gifts that God gave them. Because I think yes. too many times people are very silent and especially females. Uh, not well, enough emails in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You feel weird kind of in the male-centered world. like. And mm -hmm. then on top of it, I just never thought I'd do anything like this. So it was really, it was a lot for me. But I knew I knew I was supposed to, but I dragged my feet a lot. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I was like, I think you better call somebody else. I was mm -hmm. a little Jonah and the whale on this one. I, <laughs> I was like, oh. I don't think you know what you want. You're like, like I don't really want to do this. I don't. <laughs> well, okay, I, just, yeah, I, I do. just didn't feel capable. Yeah, I didn't feel capable, to be honest. I felt like, I don't know how this stuff works. Like, the there's a lot more than people get. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm work. not. <laughs> I am not a techie person. And so no, um, learning that. And then I've had to learn like video editing software and all Ugh. that stuff. And that is like not my forte. Um, no, no, it's hard. It's I'm old school. Too, like, oh, yeah, I think we're closer to age. I'm 40, almost 50, 47. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a different world. Like the internet wasn't invented when we were young, you know, exactly we're learning. <laughs> My kids we are still... like, so how was the Yeah, Facebook when you were young? I'm like, the Facebook didn't happen till I was old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? none, of, none of that oh. stuff was a thing. And, you know, even going no. back nursing days everything was paper charting um you know we stuff, still do so that <laughs> I, I prefer that because um when obama put that mandate in place that you know all these healthcare providers needed to go electronic it caused mm -hmm. so many more problems and and oh. opened up for of course the malware and all of that and stuff and the breaching yeah yeah and stealing yeah. people's medical records and stuff even though it was another thing that they also said was quote safe you know right. safe and effective more effective but, more yeah, effective yeah your mm -hmm. your medical records are safe trust us no one can get access to them yeah Right. <laughs> That's why actually we paper chart because I work at the psych hospital and mm -hmm. they refuse to implement any programs because they've had multiple breaches. They'll do it for right. medication because mm -hmm. for scanning, but for real charting, like right. your psychological stuff, it's in a paper old fashioned. And mm -hmm. people are, when I got hired on there, they were like, Oh, this is really hard. So you might have a hard time. I'm like, I'm older than I look. I'm fine. Like I this know, is my exactly. forte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I graduated in the nineties folks. Like, hello, it, like so from funny. nursing school. Yeah. When I, when I was teaching, um, students, medical students and stuff that they, they would have to like chart or whatever, but they would chart in text speak. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, you can't. Mm -hmm. 
That's crazy. Do that for a professional job. So yeah, that was entertaining. (laughs) Well, you can if you want to be sued, but (laughs) (laughs) exactly. And called into court and they're like, what does this mean? And it says GTOF, get the fuck out of here, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. You're like, uh, what's a PETA? Oh, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) PETA in room three. Like, what? Yeah. And now I just tell people all the time, they're like, oh, they've changed a lot of things on our medication effectiveness, like Mm -hmm. for the recheck. And these people, we work nights and they're asleep. And I'm like, if you gave Tylenol and you don't know how they reacted, well, they're asleep. I'm like, that doesn't mean it helped. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have no idea. So put no interactions or observe no problem. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to put effective because you don't know that. And people right. still do it. And I'm like, well, or I put tolerated and they took it away from my drop down menu. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not putting anything else. I know you want right. something else there, but it's 11 o'clock at night and they're asleep. So mm-hmm. that's all I got for you. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that gets into a whole nother thing of like falsification of records oh, when, so when they take away options especially on electronic stuff and you can only put the wording that they have for you in those drop down menus. Yeah. Not I I type it in freehand and I just think a lot of people won't go to that trouble because Mm -hmm. you have to type it in for every patient. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not writing something that's false. No, I I'm not going to work. I was going to say, cause that's your, that's your license on the, on the, line it's not like oh, they're uh, not yeah nurses don't have deep pockets <laughs> oh and they're not gonna back you they're gonna throw you it, under the bus exactly you know? and then run over you so, <laughs> yeah and then come back again no <laughs> uh, we we know as being older these young nurses they think oh well they they put that there so it's safer no mm-hmm. no they put that there because that's better for them to mm-hmm. be honest you know exactly you Mm-hmm. It covers uh, their butt yeah. in the event of a liability <laughs> issue. <clears throat> yep. And if you make it harder, then oh well, you know. Exactly. It's like everything at the end of my charting says, and we'll continue to monitor. Like I, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know at the end of the day. Like they put a lot of things like, oh, the patient was good the whole time. I'm like, you don't want to write that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> exactly. And they're like, Oh, why? I'm like, psychological issues are invisible, maybe mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Uh, maybe yes. if they had a little bit better education in school. Hmm. I know. Well, they don't do what they did with us. They wanted us to use our reasoning and really think about mm-hmm. things, critical, critical thinking. thinking skills. Mm-hmm. And now I get these people and they're like, well, what does the doctor say? I'm like, what does your brain say? Like, look Mm -hmm. up stuff. Like, are you going to give the doctor options? And they're like, no, I'm just going to wait for him to tell me what to do. I'm like, wow, that's going to be sucky for that patient. Mm -hmm. You're kind of the person that goes between, especially at night shift. You've got to be like, hey, I want this, this, and this. Is that okay? Cool. You know, Mm -hmm. and they don't do that anymore. They're like, what should I do? And that's the thing, because you mentioned, you know, like using reasoning and and common sense and stuff. When I was actually teaching, I had to teach them how to think with common sense, you know, and you would, you would think, you would think that it would be like a a normal thing that's ingrained to us, but because of the education system, 
<laughs> it has gotten to the point where they don't want you to think critically about yeah. anything. So, so having to retrain their brains basically and have them think what could be the positive or the possible outcomes from yes. you doing this yep. with your patient. Now tell me those. Well, and they don't think of medications anymore. They don't train them as much on like interventions for medications. Like I right. had a friend that was post-op and I said, why don't you try this, this, this? And she was not in good pain control. She had severe cancer. I mean, she was opened up from sternum, clear down. And I said, she, I'm watching her. She's not in good pain control. And she's having these contraction type pains because it's a muscle spasm. And mm -hmm. she said, no, she, she can't wake up. She's already got too much pain meds. I'm like, yeah, I've dilated. Don't mm -hmm. give her any more of that. Why don't you give her something else better for belly pain, like fentanyl, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know? And, and I'm like, that's not a good choice. And it, <clears throat> she would be better off with Demerol. And they're mm -hmm. like, Demerol, the hell you say? I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, whatever. Well, that's you, the thing. It's, yeah. it's kind of geared more toward whatever they want you to push at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, whatever is like, is the deep mm -hmm. pockets. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And whatever is going to bring in more money and more revenue, the more you give allotted to a patient, the more money you can charge. So, yeah. And it's weird. I've noticed a huge shift. Like all the PCAs are that now. Everything's that now. I'm sorry. It's not a good choice for everything. Like mm -hmm. if you've worked PACU, they teach you like fentanyl is way better for abdominal surgeries. And so is Demerol. Whereas morphine is a little better for bones, same as dilated. And people are like, there's no difference. It's pain control. I'm like, mm, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. And you try and tell people these things are like, you know, it's wonderful to give volume for that muscle spasm. And they're looking at you like you're crazy. Like, I mean, they don't push that. Give it anymore. I'm like, okay, give it. I am then. Oh, mm -hmm. we don't do that. You know, it's weird. I don't know. I just oh, stand how back the times like, have changed. <laughs> oh, it's so hard because you have all this stuff in your brain. And then, you know what? They brought her when I complained was IV Tylenol. And I almost lost it. I had to leave the room. I was like, this is, yeah, no. What are you doing? You're giving her IV Tylenol when she's on Dolly Lottet? Like, that's not going to work. Give her, mm -hmm. wake her up and give her a PO med for the hell's sakes. Then if you're not going to help her then get her moving, you know, exactly. Like, <clears throat> oh, it's hard. Nursing's I love weird. our healthcare industry anymore. Mm -hmm. oh so my gosh. tell me, um, and tell the listeners like a little bit about you, like what made you start your show? And then we're going to get into like <clears throat> your background. Okay. No, well, this normie nurse, like I'm talking, I'm a mom and I'm a nurse and I just was the most normal, you know, everyday person until 2020. And mm -hmm. I started seeing some things. I love this podcaster, um, the last American vagabond, Ryan Christian, mm -hmm. and he puts all of his sources at the bottom so that you can actually go in and read the JAMA studies, read the different things on COVID, read mm -hmm. the mask studies, like these studies that are real. And I'm, I'm in the middle of everybody's getting pushed for, you know, the thing for 2020 that will never mm -hmm. go away. And I, I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. Like, this is bad. I don't think this is safe, blah, blah, blah. And I'm the more I studied, the more I'm like, I wonder about this, or I wonder about that, you know, and so mm -hmm. you go down this rabbit hole. And I did, I went clear down it. 
and I started really studying some stuff. And then I moved into the esoteric and onto like Isaac Weishaupt and different things and just pulling things apart, reading books. And my mom thought I'd lost it. I mean, <laughs> my, my family was like, what do you mean you're not getting the COVID, you know, shot? Like mm -hmm. you're a nurse, like you, you're autoimmune compromised. You've had cancer. I'm like, that's why I'm not doing that. Exactly. So you need to read a book and people are like, oh, did you listen to TikTok videos? I'm like, no, I read JAMA papers. How about you? Can you do that? I watched that? the twerking nurses on TikTok personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they said it was good. So do it. So go mm -hmm. do that. So yeah. I did the studies and I read everything and it really did come down to my job. I mean, they came after us and the only thing that saved my life, I really truly believe because I do have all those problems is I'm deathly allergic to a whole bunch of stuff. And so mm -hmm. sometimes you'll hear me, my allergies and asthma is re really bad. I'm a try to die asthma person. And I've tried to do that multiple times. I was on Theophylline in my pregnancy. I was in the hospital. I was on mask with a rebreather, like all the things that you shouldn't do, you know, and I just, I, I was bad enough. The doctor said, you know, I didn't write one exemption, but you just might die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, you're scary. You're allergic to white Yay rice. Me. Like, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yes. I was so happy because it was down to the last week and I just assumed I'd lose my job and mm -hmm. I was okay with that. Um, we had already kind of, you know, drawn our line in the sand and I bought a trailer um, which I'm a camper, but I've always just tent camped because I love it. If you're going to go camping, then, you know, I want right. to be outside. So my husband just loves trailers. And I said, you can buy your trailer now because we just might be living in that thing if this continues. Because <laughs> exactly. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. He's like, mm -hmm. what? And I said, and he goes, I'll take one for the team if they push it at my work. And I said, no, you won't. Because mm -hmm. the people your age... And he's in prime physical health. He's a weightlifter. He's into all this stuff. And that's the people that are not doing well. And I said, no, you won't. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I would rather be in poverty and live down at wherever by the river. Like, we'll be fine. You know? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think by with that, he was like, what? wow. Okay. I guess she means it. So mm -hmm. um, then I Don't question me and don't doubt <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, if she's willing to live in the camper, it's bad, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh, so I, especially with all our kids, we have six kids, but we, there's some are grown, but still it's a lot. And so mm -hmm. I just told him, I said, no. And so anyways, the time went on, I, I kept going, learning, and I ended up sending a message to one of my favorite podcasters, which is Josh Day, the Monday boys. And love I Josh. said, Hey, I love, I love him and Jason. They're so nice. And I yes, said, here's are. this thing in the school. It's this weird wall drawing it, and it shouldn't be there. And it's really full of agendas and there's hidden occult meaning. And I'm from Utah and this is what I think. And he's like, she went Isaac wise up on me and broke it all down. And I said, okay, here you go. Go do this show. And he's like, no, I can't do that show. Cause I don't live there. And I, don't know what you're talking about with Mormonism and all this stuff. So you need to come on. And I'm like, I don't do that. I, I don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't have anything but my phone. Like, I don't even have a light. Like, I have nothing. And he's like, 
well, I think you can do this. And I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. So he, he kept going and I'm like, this guy has lost his mind. Like, I don't, I think he's crazy right now. Like (laughs) he was like, I think you'll do good. And so I went on, I had like a phone and my son's like puzzling light and like all this stuff rigged up funny. And that was it. And I went on and he's like, the next week he said, do you know how many downloads your show got? And I said, Oh, I saw on YouTube. It's doing good. Great. He said, no, no, not YouTube the the like whole thing. And I said, Oh, well, no, I mean, I don't even know what that means. You know, like he said, Oh, he's like, it got 3000 hits. And I'm like, Oh, so maybe you have something to say, like, you should come back, I think a Mormonism show. So three times later, I've been on Josh's show three times now. Thank you, Josh. And uh, after that, he's like, maybe you ought to do this on your own. You seem to like it. So people like to hear what you have to say. I think Which that's I didn't fantastic. Think. Yeah. yeah, you just needed you just needed that little nudge to get you going in the right direction, definitely. And then technical difficulties. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Kevin's. I have some teenagers because I'm like, come here, show me how this works. <laughs> exactly. Well, my kids are grown, so there's no one here other than my husband. And if he's not home, I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> like I don't know what I'm to do. I'm always like, oh. Especially if something goes wrong, I'm just like, well, okay, we'll go with that. Because I did a show with a white rabbit and everything was crashing and burning. And he's like, your audio is great, but I can't ever fix that video. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry. And and shout out out to Catalyst for uh, hooking us up because he's like, oh, you guys have a you guys would get along very well and have a fantastic conversation. So shout That's out, what rabbit. he was telling me. Shout out. Yes, we love mm-hmm. him. He's great. And he's helped me and had me on different um, forum type stuff, like where they get all the tavern and at the whatever. tavern. Talk and so he's tavern. helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it was fun. It w- you know, kudos to the to the people out there in the podcast community yes. that are willing to help other podcasters out because I think that's so important. Some of them kind of forget that they were new once as well, you know, so it's always nice to have those people that, you know, are willing to help. So are supportive. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's been really great. Davey Wavy. Like they've all just kind of embraced, I think. (laughs) Oh, he's so funny. Oh my gosh. He was on last night. We were on uh, Kyle's show. It was like a whole bunch of like a forum and he was cracking he cracks me up so much he's so funny yeah he always i can uh, always rely on him to send me like the funniest stuff that's literally on the internet yes. and he just does it to oh. brighten my mood all the time so i love oh, him for so doing good. that he, he's sweet and i just think like some people on this journey have been like amazing like mm-hmm. on the support you know they right. just they get it. They know like, oh, okay, well, you'd have something to say. I think it's all, I've watched it happen with other new people. And sometimes if they come off weird or don't have something, if, if it doesn't feel honest, like mm-hmm. they can tell, like it's weird. Like they know. And I guess I'll know someday, just like nursing, like we know the people that come in mm-hmm. for help. <laughs> right. And we know <laughs> we're like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think eventually maybe that same filter happens, you know, with, mm -hmm. with podcasting and they can tell. So I've it been does really definitely. Grateful. And you can, yeah. after you've been in it for a while too, you will know, like if a guest reached out to you that wants to, or somebody that reaches out that wants to come on your show, if you get the willies, don't do it. Right. Right. I've had that. Just go. I've had it. that happen a couple times, and I'm very glad. And then all of a sudden, I would hear like the community like talking about what this person did or said or co was connected to, and I'm like, "Woo! Listen to your spidey senses." Oh. <laughs> right. Like glad I dodged that or bullet or whatnot. And it's weird because I I've, I've seen it. I it didn't happen to me. I just watched it, and I was like, mm -hmm. "Huh." I see what they're saying now. Like people mm -hmm. that are hiding behind masks or don't mm -hmm. want to release a lot of it's weird. And I'm like, okay, why would you come on? If you have something to say, then say it. If you don't want to say it, then don't or do an mm -hmm. audio only. Right. If you're scared of your face being shown. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to go out in the world, then and people say that to me because I'm from Utah. So they're like, you talk about leaving Mormonism and all this stuff and you live in Utah. And I'm like, yeah. And that was catalyst. He's like, do you really want to record this? Like, mm -hmm. are you going to be okay? And I'm like, whatever they do to me, they've already done the right. mind stuff that they do to you is bad enough. And if I can save one human being from going through that or getting involved in that or, mm -hmm. or whatever it's that, then that's fine. That's what are they going to do? So let's let's talk about like your upbringing and what your life yeah. was like and how you got put into or got into Mormonism and transitioned into nursing and all of that stuff and where you right. are now. Okay, um, my I'm really an open book with my life because I feel like um, just like my job and just like everything you try to do, I think. If you're really striving to become a better person, which sometimes back in the day, it wasn't the same, but now it's all centered around helping people, which happened to me from a really young age. I grew up in a really abusive home. My ACEs score, which people can look this up on online. It's a little trauma score. It's only 10 questions. And it's about like what you went through as a child. Mine's nine out of 10. And the 10th one is just because I don't know if I was molested because I can't remember that much stuff. So mm -hmm. if I was, I hope I never remember that. Like, right. I don't think I was, but let's hope not, you know? Right. Um, I, I was always pretty mistrusting of people. So I don't, I don't probably think so because <laughs> mm -hmm. I was loud and obnoxious mm -hmm. and would tell probably. So I mm -hmm. think people wouldn't have come at me that way. Um, but I grew up with my mom who was not loud or any of those things. She was in an extremely abusive, uh, relationship. She was really hovered over in her life by this man, this, my stepdad. And he just was beating her almost to death on a daily basis. When he was around, he did work out of town, which was a godsend. Cause if not, I think she wouldn't be here. Um, mm -hmm. So luckily he did work out of town and we were lucky that way. And, um, especially me, I wasn't his kid. Like I was just right second in line. Sometimes first depends on how he could irritate her that day. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily I, this is a weird thing to say. I, I identified with my abuser, but not an abusive way. 
I understood that he had power because he made power and I didn't bow down because a lot of girls that come from that situation, they will become abused as well and mm -hmm. fall into those same relationships. Whereas I said, this is crazy. I'd rather be mean than be like her, even mm -hmm. though I wanted to help her and take care of her right. and nurture her and fix her. But mentally she started breaking. I mean, you can only take that. Take so, so much. And yeah. yeah. She started having mental breakdowns and she did try to kill herself when I was about, I want to say nine. I mean, she had done some other things that were scary, uh, like discharging a firearm in my home, um, trying to jump out of vehicles. So I was anxious a lot that that's not great. That's still there, but it helped me to kind of be anxiously proactive, which is a weird also thing. So I would always be looking for her. Like if she was gone too long, I'm, I'm like, where'd she, where'd she go? Where did mm -hmm. she, what is she up to? So I went out in the garage cause I heard this noise and I couldn't figure out what it was. Well, she had slumped onto the horn back when horns were, this is how old I am, right? Right. The horn was on the, <laughs> and so she was on the horn and I ran out of there and probably, hopefully, I think helped her some because I left the door open. I ran to go get help and all the gas came out. The car was on and she was not okay. And they came and I, they coated her in our kitchen and I was supposed to be at the neighbor's, but I, I ran away and came right back. I wanted to see if she was okay. I was kind of hiding. And I remember them saying like, we're sorry, you know, and just shaking their heads and he's crying. And I'm thinking, what are they, what, what does this mean? Like I was too young. I didn't really get what, what are they sorry about? Like that she's sick or, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like dead never occurred to me. Like dead was not in my brain. And when she came back from that one, now she had to be hospitalized for a nice long stint. So I got to be home with Mr. Abusive. Mm. Luckily, he liked to drink a lot and just left this home alone, which also was fine with me. I just took care of my brother. Like, uh, I was like, yes, please go out. Don't feel bad. You can go out. Like, <laughs> please, I'll get your keys. <laughs> please. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about us. I got this. You know, I mean, it, it, I always... I always had kids. I took care. It, it was just the thing. Like I was the oldest. If they were partying, I was the oldest one. They would leave me. And the funny thing is, is they got divorced when I was 11. So all of this happened before I was even old enough to really, I don't right. think I should have been babysitting. Like I had I was going to say when you're still <laughs> a kid yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. now that I reverse it and I have this little girl that's almost 10, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never leave her home with the dog. Like, mm -hmm. what, what were they doing? I mean, little babies, you know? Like, right. Right. But it, it was the eighties. I don't know. So it, it was different. It was, we were like our own little, I think in the eighties and the late seventies, like when you grew up, it was like the grownups had their life and you had your life and they kind of came together at dinner. And then mm -hmm. like, you both went your own ways again. Like it was like, okay, come home when the lights are off, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it was wonderful. I had a great childhood outside away from all that madness. So um, so, had a so great, how, yeah. how did, like, what happened when, when they finally got divorced? So the Mormonism part came in before they got divorced, because I had this neighbor that was really lovely. And the one thing I will say about Mormons, I never want to come across that the people are the problem. It isn't that it's right. the religion 
and the right. top, top people, just like our government, you might locally right. know some mayor that's amazing, but like if he gets higher echelon, it's out. Like you right. already know, like, right. I mean, everything's selected, you know, not elected. I hate mm -hmm. to burst everyone's bubble. Like Truth. it's planned. And yeah. And so same thing with the church. I never mean this to hurt anyone. That's a, a, just a normal person living their life because I was a normal person in that, in that as well, but mm -hmm. they don't tell you anything. So this lady next door, she was really Mormon and she would take me to church with her. And my mom was raised Mormon, but she was like, not going to church and all that because they were drinking and partying and whatever, but they mm -hmm. wanted us to go as children. They were like, Oh, this is good for you, which it was, it was primary. It was loving. It was amazing. It was beautiful. All, all the, things of the things weren't getting at home. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And everything in a Mormon church before the age of temple going is beautiful. It's cute. It's sweet. Is it indoctrinating? A hundred percent. I remember watching four-year-old kids get up on Sunday and fast in testimony meeting and saying, I'd like to bear my testimony. And I know this church is true. They never say, I know that God is true. I, mm -hmm. I know this church is true. When you're baptized, you're baptized into the church, not to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So all these things are like in your brain as a little tiny kid. And you're like, get older and say, they don't even know what testimony do you even know what that means at four years mm -hmm. old? Cause I don't think you do, you know, right. but everybody's like, yay. Oh, Brian, he did such a good job, you know, and you mm -hmm. feel proud. You're like, yes, I'm just good. And God loves me and that stuff. And so, and my grandparents were really into it. And eventually when my, my family got divorced, all that stuff happened. We moved back to Utah cause that was in Idaho closer to my mom's family. And my grandma was extremely Mormon. Well, the state ended up stepping in because things were never more. It never got better. It, it, he got away from her, but there's 10 lines of other people just like that. And she fell into a lot of different things and it was just not good. And, and so they took us away and my brother actually got awarded to the abuser. <laughs> so oh, that Lord. sucked. Um, yeah, like that was how bad it was. So he ended up going with his dad. I ended up going with my grandma because my dad was in prison. So that wasn't really going to work. Um, and my grandma was extremely into the church and our DNA profile is Mormon settlers. Like they, they were Mormon settlers of this area. They, you, my grandma owned a house in the 18, like 1800s that my other grandma ended up with that was still in our family till she just barely died. And mm -hmm. they settled this area. They were polygamists. They were, um, old school Mormons and our names, like the last names of my family are like big in the settling area. So this is a, a generational issue, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I had no idea, which this just, you just think, Oh yes, look, Oh, my great, history. Look at how wonderful. So they just push you and push you about marriage. They push you and push you about, you know, they send boys on missions at 18 and a half, 19, but girls, they push into marriage really young at 21. Mm -hmm. If you're not married, you can go on a mission as a woman, but you can't go until you're 21. They, they want you to get married and they push this. So I was a childhood bride. I was 17. My grandma was 14 when she got married. Mm -hmm. um, she, not polygamy. I'm not part of a polygamous sect. That's a different type of Mormonism. Right. Just this is mainstream. And this mm -hmm. is widely acceptable. 
And mm-hmm. um, I'm not the only one like this is kind of like, yeah, you're going to graduate. So you need to get married. And that's what you do. And my husband was almost 25. <laughs> so so is I was that, a kid. Did you did you get a pick or was it kindly yeah. suggested to you that this is who you're going to be with? Well, only because of one reason. They don't pick for us. But the one thing they did find out is that I had lost my virginity. And they were like, well, you can get married now or he can go to jail. Like they were pretty mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, holy crap. And we already really did like each other. And we're kind of talking. But I mean, I was so young. I I was so young. I don't know. But they were so young. They got married at 14 and had all their children by she was 19 and had four kids. Oh my. So it's like I was old considering all of my uncles got married at between the ages of 15 and 16. My grandparents were 14 and 16 and my mom was 18. So I mean, we were all super young. My mom married a much older man. I married a much older man. I think you're looking for that protection like okay, maybe right. this will help me. You know, supposed um, to be like the quintessential manly role of the family, that they're the protector and the caretaker and and all of that. stuff. All of that. And Mm -hmm. he was not those things. And I knew it. But in my mind, because of how I was brought up, like I'm like, oh, he's an alcoholic and he already had a divorce and he has a kid and he's been to drug rehab, but that's okay. And he's bipolar, but he takes his medication and he doesn't have a car and it's fine. It's all fine. Like, I think just being used to a house burning down and you just putting a bucket of water on it for your whole life, you're like, it's totally great. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. get married. <laughs> right. He's fine. He'll take his pill every day. Right. Until he doesn't. And then that mm-hmm. went bad, but Right. And you don't you don't really get it because you're like from a home with drug abuse, alcohol Mm -hmm. abuse, all these things. It's very normal to my life at this point. Like my family was Mormon, but you have to remember only my grandma. All of her children were very wayward people. And my grandpa never was LDS like fully until he was almost dead, like Mm -hmm. probably 10 years before he died. They went through the temple. But he he was he was her biggest child and he was my favorite person. <laughs> he was my favorite person in the world. He was mm-hmm. the best. He was hilarious, but he was an ass sometimes. So I mean, it is what it is. So you see that growing up and you think, oh, well, it's totally fine. You know, right. he's not like you're, my, you're my uncle. Conditioned into that. Yeah. My uncle was a sundowner. My grandpa was a one percenter. I don't know if you know what that is. It's all bad. Mm-hmm. It's all right. bad. He'd never been to jail. He'd never been arrested. I'm like, oh, he's good. He's a good person. And for a while, he really was. For a while, we did well. And we went through the temple a year after we got married because he was a convert. And you cannot go through until you're perfect in every way. Like you can't drink the coffee and you can't drink alcohol and you can't smoke. You can't do drugs. You can't do this. You Mm -hmm. can't do that. It's all good except the coffee thing. I feel like they're good rules, but also your tithing is like 10%. And when I say 10%, there's a reason why they're the richest church. Right. Because they set you down at tax season and they go over and t- your and actual financials. I, uh-huh. I was just having yep. this discussion with with my best friend about the, the previous church that we go to or that we went to in the past. It was like they wanted to see your financial oh, documentation everything. so they could keep 
track and if you got like bonuses or whatever right yeah they want everything and i was like no uh we're we're very uncomfortable here gotta go sorry yeah that's so strange and it's such a strange control and like i love Derek prince he's probably been he's passed away but he does a lot of um preaching online on youtube and he was an old pentecostal uh, preacher, but I think he was before his time. He's so good, but he seems like a Mormon, but because <laughs> he's like in a suit and like old, but <laughs> he's which great. back in the and day they were. Yes, yes. And it's old. I mean, he's been dead for, I don't know, probably 10 years or better. And he, he preached his whole life and he has an amazing message. And when he started talking about how control is demonic, how Mm -hmm. anyone that has control over another human being is actually Satanistic because Satan is the one that wants us to have control, not God, because God gives us free choice. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this little thing. I was like, holy crap. Like maybe he's right. Oh my gosh. I never could have thought, you know, like, Maybe I need to not be doing what I'm doing because then you go to the temple and you do the weirdest. This is where if you're a Mormon, this is make or break. So Mm -hmm. women go to the temple when they're married or when they're 21 to get their mission. Men go when they're going on their mission. So they go at 19. They're younger. You do go before that once or twice as a youth, as like a group to do baptisms for the dead, which I'll get into. But it's like, oh, and then it's with the youth group and it's super fun and you go have ice cream and Johnny was there and he was my crush and so cool. You know, like <laughs> you're, you're mm-hmm. doing these activities all the time. Like it's good. The activities are good. But like, I don't think you understand what you're doing. Like, there's no way I cared. I, I was like, everybody's doing this. This is a good thing. My grandma's so proud of me. Everybody's happy. This is what we do. And mm-hmm. people are like, why are you baptizing dead people? What are you doing? And I'm like, well, I don't even know. What are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you don't, you're 12, you're 12 and 13, you know, and it's like from 12 to 15, you can go and you're just getting dunked and dunked and dunked and dunked. Cause we get baptized at eight. That's for yourself. They baptize you into the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, not to Jesus. Their their actual words are very specific about becoming a member of their church. Mm -hmm. And then your baptism certificate is all about like, oh, and she became a member, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So the baptisms after that are all by proxy. The Mormon church is huge on proxy and they do this work for the dead. And it gets really interesting because... As I got out and learning things, one of the main people that come up for Joseph Smith, the founder of the church, his mother was in the cult of Abraxas and Abraxas Mm -hmm. was a necromancer. And it all kind of starts making sense when you fit, when you finally figure it out, you're like, what were we doing? You know, (laughs) right. Were we, were we invoking weirdo spirits? Like what were we like proxy weirdo spirit? bring your downers like I don't know like it's terrifying (laughs) you know and so when you get out you're like oh my gosh you're like holy crap is there a demon following uh, me because I did that no there was there was demons following me not just Mm -hmm. because of that but it was terrifying Mm -hmm. and as you start to get away from it so you go through the temple it's even worse you do these weird masonic two Mm -hmm. hours of this weird Masonic rituals and no one will ever tell you what you're going to do before you do it. Because if they did, no one would do it. No one would do it. They say this is secret. 
uh, sacred, not secret. And so we can't tell you, even your grandparents, everyone, they're like zip. And so there's, do you swear an oath, a blood oath that you will never speak of these things unless you're inside the temple itself and you have to be worthy to go in. So you're like a hundred percent if you're talking, you know, mm -hmm. so you would never dare speak anything weird like in there because heaven forbid, you know, like you'd be struck down. So, right. I'm like, okay, so we get there two hours of this weird Mason stuff. Like I could go into it, but I don't know how much like you want to know, but that you do this weird chanting, you get these aprons, you get new underwear. I was naked at one point and getting blessed underneath this poncho, this poncho thing. And it's open on the sides and they go inside and bless your loins for fertility. And the whole time I'm sitting on this cold bench and I'm thinking, geez, I mean, this is such a nice place. You think they could have a better cushion or something, <laughs> right. you know, and it's an altar. I found out later it's an altar. I'm like, mm -hmm. what is happening? Oh my gosh. I'm naked mm -hmm. on this stone altar. And they took this part out because so many people were uncomfortable with it. Just like I was hugely pregnant sitting there thinking, why is this lady blessing me? Because she doesn't have the priesthood, nor does she have the authority to have the priesthood. So why is she blessing me with anything? And that was my only concern. My only concern was it's this was a female this was, energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, that's what they do. That's here? what they do in occult, you know, occult societies oh. and stuff is, and that's the big thing is the feminine energy and the, you know, like oh. if you've never, talk to him yet you should talk to new york patriot i um, haven't he was an oto member for a while okay and so, so he, he will know talk, yeah he can talk to you about yeah. the rituals but they even use <sighs> menstrual blood to make yep. cakes like the of cakes light. of light yes the cake mm -hmm. yep i knew about that and I hope and pray the mormons never did that because i don't know but they hide everything they wrap it in this and they come across so if you've ever watched conference, like conference happens twice a year, I really, really recommend people go back, watch any of them. The men come off like this unnatural, unassuming, sweet. They talk like, don't worry and blah, blah, blah. And they're mm -hmm. very like, very gay, kind of like effeminate, you know, mm -hmm. not gay. That's the wrong word. Mm -hmm. Effeminate is the word. They teach them to be very uh non-masculine non-harmful coming across this like very nice and gentle right quiet mm -hmm. as a lamb right? right and so i'm like this is weird when you find out later like what this guy is probably like demonic as hell and he's coming off as this sweet innocent little you mm -hmm. know whatever and you mm -hmm. think oh he's a oh my gosh he's the sweetest grandpa he's the nicest man and maybe he is but if he's up that high i don't think so I don't mm -hmm. think so. If he's you in know, the bishop, like, yeah. I watched a, um, it was like a long documentary series on it. It was like eat, pray and obey or something like that. Oh, yes. And I was like yes. astounded. Like I couldn't stop watching it, but there were parts where I would have to like pause it for a while and walk away mm -hmm. to like regain oh, my. Cause energy. it's so bad. Yes. It was very it was disturbing. Sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, that one, I believe, is the um, the FLDS. So I want to mm -hmm. say this. The LDS mainstream church is actually least correct 
than the FLDS. Now the FLDS has its problems and it's not good. It's mm -hmm. still bad. And it's a cultish and polygamy and all the things. And that's the people that dress like little house on the prairie. And pedophilia, and, you know, pedophilia, a lot of pedophilia, all of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And child yeah. brides and all the things, mm -hmm. but the mainstream Mormonism, what they do is twistianity, which is even worse because I feel like the, at least the FLDS is like, this is who we are. This is how we do it. We're going to go off of the book of Mormon. Joseph Smith wrote it. We didn't change it. This is what we're doing. At least they're honest. At least they're honest. Our church is like, oh, you were uncomfortable with that part of the ceremony. We'll take it out. Oh, you're uncomfortable with this. We'll take it out. Oh, well, we've stricken hundreds of verses from the book of Mormon that's supposed to be better than the Bible because they don't even believe in the Bible because it may not be translated correctly, Correct. but their books had how many things stricken out of it and mm -hmm. their prophets been wrong how many times? And they say, okay, in the Bible, it says, if a man comes to you and he's a prophet and he's wrong, then he's a false prophet and everything he said is false. But then they'll turn it around and say, well, he's only a man. Mm -hmm. He's just a man. Wait, is right. he a man or is he the prophet? Mm -hmm. What, what are you talking about? Like, wh which way are you, what are you saying? You know, and they never are honest. And I think that's worse as bad as the FLDS are. I'm like, at least they're honest, right? At least they're honest. I mean, if the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints tomorrow would say, we are not Christian. We don't believe the same. I would be fine. Mm -hmm. That would be fine. And I would leave them alone and I would not say anymore so about how old were you when you left the church Got out. and mm -hmm. and was there was there a defining moment that made you leave yes and i was okay so when you leave depending on depending on what happens within your family and how good or or whatever they are into this you will pay for this mm -hmm. um I left because I got divorced from the guy I was telling you about because he did quit taking his pills. He went completely off the rocker, started getting on meth. I mm -hmm. had no idea having affairs, whatever. It was bad. Actually, I lost him to a polygamist, which is sort of hilarious. Because mm -hmm. really, when I found that out, I was like, what? You left me for Little House on the Prairie? Are you kidding me? Like, what is happening? And they're not supposed to do that. That's not right. in their culture. So I was just surprised and shocked and I left. And then, so I'm a single woman. Now things get complicated because now you're married to that person, not just for time, but time and all eternity. Mm -hmm. So I can't get a divorce until I have another man that can marry me in the temple. And then they might grant it. They don't just grant them. And they say, because if you have another child, like I did with my new husband, that child is literally covered. And my new husband started taking a Mormon missionary talks because I was still in then. And he said, are you meaning to tell me when I go to the temple, I don't get my son sealed to me because it's already done by proxy by her ex-husband. He was out. He was so pissed. I don't know if I could have ever calmed him down. He was like, are you telling me my son is his son? Like mm -hmm. in, in your heavenly brain. And I was like, oh no. And he was already not a hundred. He was like doing this for me mm -hmm. and it was done. And so that bothered me. Then 
that was just like a piece of it. The other piece was I could not find my ex-husband to divorce him for two full years because he was homeless and he went off on a drug binge and he was mm. gonzo. And I, I, so I'm like dating because how, what are you going to do for two full years? So I got brought up on adultery charges because of this. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is so weird. And I told them like, no, we were separated. It, it wasn't a thing. They're like, no, it's a thing. And you're going to go before this big council of men. And when you do that, you're going to tell them every detail. I'm like, I just tell them like, yeah, we did the, everything. Uh, no. What did you do? How did you do it? How was it? What, which way did you turn clockwise when you were doing it? I mean, well, for real. And think about that because it's almost like you have an audience for your sex. Oh, it, it was uncomfortable. And it's even like as a, a child, it's like a, like they need that. Like you they're know, getting off on it. Yeah, exactly. To see if there's, there's something that you do differently than their wife. That's right. Like, that excites them. That's disturbing. And that sexual, that sexual energy, you know, now, and I know now as a cult, it it's, has power. So it makes mm -hmm. you wonder like, why is there so many guys in here? And like my ex-husband did way worse than I did. And mm -hmm. he didn't have to do that. He didn't have well, to no, do that. Because he's he a man. man. Yeah. He, they just man. told him naughty, naughty, and don't do it again. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was admonished, got my everything took in a wave for almost a year, all this. So that really hit me weird because I'm very independent and very strong woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't like that. That's really odd, you know? So after that, I just kind of put it in my back pocket. I didn't really, I wasn't angry, I guess, because I was like, well, this is what, what they do, you know? Um, and then making excuses for him. Yeah. Yep. And mm -hmm. then after that, I thought, well, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it in my back pocket. Maybe it was just a weird situation, whatever. And then, but it bothered me like deep in my heart. I was like, this seems weird. And when I was a child to go get those um, baptisms for the dead and all that stuff, I was telling you that you have to go to a bishop's interview alone with a man, the mm -hmm. a bishop's always a man. So alone in this room and you're 13 and he's like, do you masturbate? And how do you masturbate? And what do you mm -hmm. think about? And blah, 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 blah. And they quit doing that because parents were getting pissed as, mm -hmm. as they should. That's not okay. And, but for it's us, like their school systems these days. <laughs> Yep. Here, yep. It's, take your so take your kindergarten buddy and go in this room next door and masturbate with each other. What? Oh, oh, it was so weird. And I just thought, like, now you think of it too. There's a big desk in front of them. Like, was he doing mm -hmm. something weird? Like, uh -huh. like all these things like mess with your brain later when you get out because you're like, oh my gosh, like, is that why their desks are closed off? Like, what's happening in there? You know, like mm -hmm. that's gross. But I have no proof of that. So it's fine. But you put that in your back pocket. Then I put that in my back pocket. Then, okay, so time goes on and I meet my husband now. And he had left the church. He was very much raised way more. He was in Beaver Cleaver Town. So I love to make fun because he had this great life and this wonderful parents and they're good people. 
but like very indoctrinated. And at 16, my little rebel redheaded husband gave them the finger on the church and was like, I love you people, but that's not happening. It's weird. Like <laughs> he's so much stronger than I am. I'm like, man, I, I wasn't like that. You know, I was so like <laughs> wanting to make my family happy, you know, proud. <laughs> well, that's because being, being in that for so long, like women are less than, and you're supposed to be yes. subservient and almost oh, all yes. of the rules apply to females. Well, and on top of it, the priesthood. So if you're a woman, you cannot hold the priesthood. And actually right. in the temple, they've changed this, but they used to make us veil our faces when they would speak about the priesthood in the little play that they do, mm -hmm. because we weren't worthy to see it because Correct. we were only worthy to receive it from our husbands. Mm -hmm. So when you get a new name, just like the Masons, just like the Masons, we get new underwear, just like the Masons. We wear robes, just like the Masons and all the things. So mm -hmm. we're in there and they get a new name from God. The men mm -hmm. get a new name from God because God breathed life into Adam, but Eve was made of Adam. So we are less than we are not right. breathed life from God apparently, but we are because he's still, he still breathed the life into Eve. Like that's stupid. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so they get called through this veil after they do the signs and tokens and all this Masonic crap that I know is Masonic. Now I've seen mm -hmm. it and I just, yeah. So that they do that and go through the veil and we do that, but we do not get called through by God. We give our new name to our husbands and they call us through. And by mm -hmm. the way, they can call as many women as they'd like through. Cause my mm -hmm. uncle's been divorced seven times. And he asked, he said, so what's going to happen when I die? And all these women are married to me because he doesn't have to get that temple divorce. Like I needed, mm -hmm. he can just do whatever he wants and go get mm -hmm. married again. Right. And again, and again, and again. Right. And so, and encouraged to do so because mm -hmm you know? And so he said, what happens? And they said, Oh, don't worry about it. God works it out in the end. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that is so bizarre. So that mm -hmm. bothered me. So then here comes this little redheaded husband of mine. And he's like, Hey, have you ever seen a Freemason ceremony? <laughs> he's never been to the temple. Right. And I'm like trying to tell him like, maybe we should <clears throat> think about getting back in the church. And he's like, you know, He's mm -hmm. like, I will never do that. And I said, oh, how come? And he said, oh, because you need to watch this. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. So I start listening to this show called The Heart of the Matter. And it's on YouTube by Sean McCraney. And he was an old bishop. And he got out and he's like telling all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to go to hell because he's telling the secrets and you swear on an oath. You won't, you'll cut your throat. They don't do that anymore, but because mm -hmm. it made people uncomfortable, they used to signify they would cut their throat or spill. Like their, they do um, in a Mason ceremony. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, it's exact. It's almost identical. Right. So when I seen the Mason ceremony, my husband showed me and I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be true. Like, this is mm -hmm. Mormonism. This is what they do in there. How did you know this? And he's like, because I've known for like ever they it's, they stole it. They stole it. And I'm like, no, they, no, they didn't. He's like, you need to do some research. He's like, if, if you really want to go back, that's your choice. That's fine. But you need to look up some stuff. And here mm -hmm. he gives me like some information, very little. And I start searching and I'm like, 
what in the heck is going on? So I found out Joseph Smith got, a, he was a 33 degree Mason. Mm -hmm. He got his Mason rights a month before he made his own temple rights, which is mm -hmm. what I'm almost certain got him killed because he right. got killed right after this. You don't mess <clears throat> with the Masons, man. Like, that's so stupid. I, mm -hmm. I'm like this. You, you had to have he had some serious balls. Like <laughs> I would I say Joseph Smith. And they say, they say he didn't care. Like he could walk in a room and people would be angry with him and they wouldn't be when they left the room. Like he mm -hmm. was a silver tongue. And right. so he um, got the Mason ceremony and he tweaked it and made it his own. And actually there's prophets from the seventies that say we are, we have the true masonry. We, we have true Masons. We have Christian Masons. We have the truth. Mm -hmm. So they actually identify with it. And it's also not against the rules to be a Mason and a Mormon. Mm -hmm. And actually the president of the church right now is a Skull and Bones member, not of, he's a doctor, but not of the one in Yale, just in general, they have other little branches. Right. And it's in his biography that he wrote way before he was ever the president. And I'm sure he didn't know he'd ever be the president or the prophet. And mm -hmm. now that book costs $1,300. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't want people Is to that know. all? I'll take two. Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. There, and people have put it out and blasted him, you know, on the internet. And and they just lie. They just say, oh, that's that's not true. Just like the cult of Abraxas, they can't get rid of it because his mom wrote an autobiography in her own hand and mm -hmm. published this book. It's super old. And she talks about that worshiping to the house of Abrac. And mm -hmm. then they were known treasure seers. They were known treasure hunters. He he had seer stones, divining rods. He was very into the occult. And then he had this treasure bag and they say it wasn't his because when he died, some stuff went to his brother's family and some stuff went to his wife. Like nor like the brother died too. They died together. So they're trying to say that was the brothers. Hiram. Oh, like wink wink. Like I'm Hiram sure it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the sigils that were on it, and they're actually so creepy. They're actually Enochian alphabet stuff. And like they're summoning angels. Angels. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I believe his story. The thing is. The Mormons want to say like, okay, you think he lied about everything or he was on magic mushrooms. I don't. I actually don't. I think that if you know the story of John D or you know the story of uh, how Scientology started or if you know the story of Jack Parsons or if you know the story of a lot of uh, Mohammed, if you mm -hmm. know these stories, these people saw things. And what did they do afterward? They wrote a book and made a religion. Why? Why mm -hmm. did John D write? an alphabet because he saw an angel and wrote it down and they were aggressive with him they actually broke his scribe's arm is what they say and he swears it to be true and because the scribe didn't want to do it anymore he was scared mm -hmm. and joseph smith himself says he saw 20 26 angels or dead people and they never tell you that part you know they never say that they just say he saw god the father and an angel and and they never tell you the truth so when I started finding all this stuff out, I'm like, I went down the biggest sinkhole rabbit hole. I was like, holy crap. He's and trying then, to talk to you and you're busy, like just researching oh, stuff. 
wait, I'm not done. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's like, he's like, oh, I didn't even know that. You know, he's like, started like, oh, kudos. Like, I didn't know that. And I'm like, this is scary. Like, I did this stuff in the temple. Like, and then mm -hmm. you talk to other Mormons. I've, I've got an interview coming out that I did with uh, a Mormon that was like, really up, had the priesthood, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I always sat there and wondered when we were in the Garden of Eden and we called out for help, who comes down to answer the prayer in the Mormon ceremony? And I said, the devil, Satan does, because this is his world. And he says, what do you need? And he said, you know, these are my troubles, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, you better cover yourself because God's going to know that you're naked. And he gives us an apron and we put the apron on as ceremonial in the ceremony of fig leaves. And he's like, I always wondered why we would do something that, that the devil said to do. Why would mm -hmm. we do that? Why exactly. would we be listening? Yeah. To, and why is he answering our prayer? There's a reason. They used to say, and they will chant it just like the Masons, and they put their hands up like this, and they chant like three times like this. I'm only doing it twice, and I'm not saying the words at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they used to say, Pele El. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it does scare me. And Pele El used to mean, in Hebrew, hear me, oh, false God. False mm -hmm. God. So they changed it. And now they say, oh, God, hear the words of my mouth in English because too many people were researching. Now you can go on and like decipher things in Hebrew and all kinds of cool stuff. So mm -hmm. people were doing Internet searches to the point where the church came out and said, had a whole campaign. If you're going to look things up, you need to do it on LDS.org and you need to do it with exactly. our church. Control. Yes. Control and, and manipulation. And they had a, a, a slogan because they're so cool, right? Like, it, don't doubt your faith, doubt your doubts. And I'm like, this is some wild crap. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm almost all the way out at this point. I'm like, okay, now what do I do? I did all this weird stuff. Like my husband never did. He, he cut out when he was 16. He's like, this stuff seems not like God. And even in the temple, I was like, this does not seem like a God thing. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the difference in your heart as a right. child. And going through all that abuse, I knew how to go to God. Okay. Like mm -hmm. that was all I really had. And, right. and God didn't feel like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. God doesn't feel like, why am I here? Why am I scared? Why is this weird? What are we doing? This makes me feel like bad, like ang anxious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you go get out and you go, oh my gosh, I did all of this. Like all the O's all the things, everything. And I'm starting to think like, okay, what do I do now? You know, like how, what is going to happen to me? I start trying to get this stuff off of me. Well, then my grandma heard about me going through this whole change. She sues me and she files a CPS report saying I beat my daughter in the head and neck daily and takes my child my oldest daughter, because she was super into the LDS. Her boyfriend was on a mission. They were going to get married in the temple, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't do anything to her. Like, mm -hmm. I, have I, have I yelled at her? Yes. Did I smack her a couple of times in her life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was a teenager. It didn't happen often, but she did get backhanded once or twice, like in right. her lifetime. Right. Cause she was, had been horrible. Like I, 
at Christmas. Like you don't touch your parents that way. Did I do it to leave a mark or hurt her? No. Should I have mm -hmm. done it? No. Do I do that now? No. My older kids got a worse version of mom because like I was in this perfection thing and I wanted every, everybody to be in like, it was like Hitler mom, you know, mm -hmm. because you can't go to church and have your kids out of line. And, right. I, and my second daughter is like really a free spirit and crazy and was really into like Jack the pumpkin King. And my grandma's like, Oh, demons. And I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> okay. She that's demonic, but the shit at the church is not <laughs> right. No, the church is safe. Get her to church. But for heaven's sake, do not let her wear the Jack the pumpkin King shirt anymore. And she wore all black for a year because she was going through puberty early and she had boobs and was like, ah, you know, mm -hmm. she just didn't want anybody to look at her and she wanted to be thinner. And she was, she's almost six feet tall. So like these kids are like giants that I have, you know? And so I'm five, nine and they were just trying to fit in and minimize. I feel like she was trying to minimize things. Like I don't mm -hmm. look like a grown up lady, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Yes, you do. <laughs> but yeah. And I was the same way. I got asked once at 11 where the teacher's lounge was. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm 10. You're like 11. I'm a student. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we just look like women, you know, very early. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I am five, six in the sixth grade. So I guess that would make sense. You know, I don't have but... that problem. I'm a, I'm a fun size <laughs> Snickers bar. Oh, you're the Snickers fun size. That's my mom. You know what? My mom is the tiniest little person. She has these giant children. I'm like, <laughs> and I do have green eyes, but I'm certain I'm not Nephilim. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I know my, my husband laughs about it all the time. As we study, he's like, hmm, that's weird. I'm like, shut up. I'm not seven feet tall. <laughs> but he, he makes fun of me. I'm like, he's the one with the red hair. They should be more concerned about him. But <laughs> So how old were you when you got out? I was in my, I would say 35, 35. So you were in I it was for, for a long time. My whole life. And I was such a wretched. Now that I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was such a wretched person when I was in it. Like, you never feel it enough. They've got you doing things every day. Like there's this meeting and that meeting and mom meeting and kids meeting right. and you're running ragged. And I have six kids and I, I think you're just like, you're running ragged. And all my kids were like my second one. No, cause she's shy, but they were all into like sports and things. And my other daughter was like SBO president, SBO secretary, blah, 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 homecoming queen and all these stuff. You know, it was a lot. And so I'm running, doing all this stuff, and I get cancer during this time, mm -hmm. and I get super sick. And even still, it was like you still had to measure up. You know, I'm like trying not to die, Lit right? Literally, <clears throat> you're trying to have energy to stand up and not throw up, and you still yeah. are expected to be at the at the high level. So at the what meetings kind of, and they, yeah, what kind of cancer did you have? I had thyroid cancer. So they ablated and did a radical. I was actually stage almost four. Um, cause I just didn't know I had Hashimoto's right. and I didn't know. And my daughter actually mm -hmm. saved my life. She was like 
12. She got diagnosed with Hashimoto's in a pediatric at nine, which is not heard of. Mm -hmm. She gained all this weight at about eight. I think she must have had it about seven because between seven and eight, she gained like 50 pounds, which for a child, I mean, she doubled her weight, you know, mm -hmm. and she went from very normal to a very pregnant looking um, weight gain. It was very strange. And I kept taking her in. Now I was much heavier than not that I'm, a I'm not a thin lady now. I'm just, I would say curvy, but I, I was bigger than I wasn't curvy. I was past that. I was Lizzo ish, you know, and that's fine. You can be that, but it wasn't healthy. You know, if you want to be that for a healthy reason, but it was just coming no matter what I did. And right. so she saying she was, I was buying her maternity clothes, um, at this point. And I'm like, you people need to help her. And they're like, quit feeding her McDonald's. And I'm like, okay, I don't think that's, I'm poor. Like I'm a single mom. Like we don't even do that that much. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think you understand. And I'm a nurse. And so finally I pushed it hard enough. And when they found her TSH, it was almost a hundred. Oh, wow. And she almost died. She was almost in a myxedema coma. She was so sick. And they said, we just didn't know because it never happens to kids this young. This is not a thing. Like we, and even the pediatric guy I took her to, the endocrinologist said, I don't even, we're going to learn together because all my patients are diabetic. Like this is not normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, great. What do you do with, and her grandma had it and my grandma had it. So her grandma on her dad's side and my grandma on my dad's side. So she just got nailed and it, you know, we finally figured it out and she had to have by 13, they could not get her within range, no matter what we did. And he looked at me and he said, you can do this for a long time or you can take it out. And I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so drastic, you know, like, mm -hmm. and he said, if you take it out and it's cancerous or precancerous, you know, we'll ablate it if we find more tumors. And they took her in, found a bunch of tumors and she was precancerous and they ablated and she, he said, you know, it's scary because they're like, if you ever run out of meds, like they die. Hello. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you're not going to make it through that. And that's terrifying. And so I, they said, you need to go in. This is totally genetic Hashimoto's. And I went in and, and he said, cancer runs along with it. And my first cousin, right after he told me this, who's a male and they never get it tested positive for Hashimoto's and cancer. And I was freaking out and sure enough, I had it. And during this time, like I'm learning things and my grandma's being weird and suing me. So when she couldn't take my child away, well, she did, but it, I just had to let go because she was almost 18. She was 17. Right. And they said to her, we will continue this prosecution. However, if you get up on the stand because your birthday's in a month and you lie, we will perjure you. Because they kind of could see that it, it was something wasn't adding up. Mm -hmm. And I was pregnant with my last daughter, which was a, a complete shocker to all of us. I was quite older. I was 37. They told me with my endocrine issues, I wouldn't probably ever get pregnant again because I had had PCOS, all these things. Right. And I, I couldn't be on birth control because of the cancer. And uh, lo and behold, little faith is in there. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, this is scary because my next son up is like right now he's in high school and she's like in grade school. <laughs> so it was a big shocker. And I almost lost that baby twice during all this stress. And I just had to stop. I just had to let go. And then she, when she couldn't get me that way, she sued me for everything that she'd ever bought my children and said that I stole money from her because all this money that she was spending on my kids, like when she would take them overnight, like not with me. And so I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so when she couldn't get blood out of a turnip because I had nothing, mm -hmm. she sued my ex-husband. And this actually helped me because we became very good friends. Cause I said, I will not allow this to happen to you. Mm -hmm. This is wrong. This is your home. I left, you're paying me, that's wrong, I will help you. And together we united and we've been united ever since in like parenting and everything. My son had the best like upbringing from that. And it's, and that I caution people, you may hate your ex, they may have done you dirty in every single way. You may have every reason to hate them, but that will always be that kid's parent. And you right. better learn how to figure it out and be right. good to each other. Like, and not use the you, kid as a pawn and not be hateful, like learn mm -hmm. to be less offended. We are not to be easily offended, says God. Right. So you need to learn to let go of hatred and let go of hurt. Like of anybody on earth, mm -hmm. I could carry so many things against my mom. And I did for a lot of years. I was a, like I said, I wasn't good. Like I, and, and I, as I started peeling off the layers of weird occult yucky and mm -hmm. generational curses and working through things and trying to listen about how you really need to be and surrendering to God and trying to fight the crap in my generational curses and stuff. I just learned everything goes back to really two things. You have to believe in God and love him with all your heart. Have no other gods before him, which also means your children, money, your spouse. I don't care what it is. Right. Anything could be a God. Right. And you have to love other people. And it, and that's it. Like, there's a lot of other things that you should do as a good person. Mm -hmm. But the two main things are that, because if you do those two things, really, the rest of it's pretty easy, mm -hmm. I feel. Exactly. And when I, when I started peeling off those layers and really wanted to break those demonic strongholds, because you start getting kind of tortured when you start leaving all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. Um, demons, demons come at you. It's like mm -hmm. people can say, oh, that's just bad luck or this or that. Okay. Okay. That was a lot of bad luck for a lot of years. Well, but, but it is demonic because you're vulnerable. You're left vulnerable yes. when you come out of a situation like that. Even if somebody comes out of like an abusive marriage, abusive relationship, not having anything to do with the church, things are going to yeah. come at you until you get your mind and your life right. Yes, because there it's an open, it's an open hole. And especially mm -hmm. if you've done these weird, if you, I encourage anyone that has done O's, any O's, we are not to do O's. God says so. Mm -hmm. Anybody that does any kind of O's, it doesn't have to just be Mormonism. Like you said, your friend and, and that like, or Masons or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anytime you get out of that, you are going to have to do some reparations that are big. And I did a lot with, um, 
the John Ramirez has some excellent books on, he was a demon worshiper and he got out. He was a Satanist, Santa Ria, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he got out and is now a Christian pastor. And he has some amazing books that helped me. And also I always go back to the other guy I was telling you because Derek Prince, he's amazing with helping on self-deliverance, which mm -hmm. is helpful for so much. And you really have to sit and think like, what is this generationally? Like generationally, like my grandpa was an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. Like all of them were alcoholics. My mom's an alcoholic. And to the point where my great grandpa got drunk with his brother and they got in a fight and had a duel. This is it in 1927. I'm talking the fifties. Okay. And they, he shot his brother and killed him. And when he realized like this wasn't like, he's not waking up like the, you shot mm -hmm. somebody, he killed himself. And then, so my grandma has all these kids and her son dies of a gunshot wound. And, and I was like, oh no, no, I'm mm -hmm. going to get through these generational curses. Cause I only have one son. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, we got to fix some things. And yep. there are some repentance that takes a long time. And there's some things that you have to go through your house and like, like what is in my house that is a cult type things, mm -hmm. things you would never think like Mormon Jesus. I call him Mormon Jesus because they always make him so white and delightsome. He's like blonde <laughs> mm -hmm. with like blue eyes and stuff. And I'm like, and my friend said, you know, that's after a, a demon. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like you start learning all this stuff and you got to get rid of things. You got to go through it and then go through it again and then go through right. it again. And you're going to do this over and over and you just keep praying and then you'll find some weird literally like the smallest thing because they can have attachments and mm -hmm. I'm not saying they can go into you. We're not talking possession here. Right. What are they called? The tortures, the tortures. Mm -hmm. And I was being tortured. Like I kept getting sick. I kept getting hurt. Things kept happening to me. And I'm like, this is weird. This isn't mm -hmm. natural. It's too many things. So well, people really and have to too, with the with the stuff that you went through and in temple and whatnot, you're calling all of those things oh, down yes. onto you and into your life, and you're allowing them. You're inviting them as an yes, interest into your life. And like you, like you said, um, that you had the thyroid cancer, but you also had other things happen after that. So tell me about yes. those things. So after all of this, I actually, as I got the closest to the Lord, when I felt my very best in the Lord, which was probably last year about this time, what I did was I wrote every single sin that I could think of, not just in my, not me, but my line and myself that mm -hmm. were big, you know, like murder, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, rape or whatever, all these big sins, start fixing things, start doing reparations as far as prayer. This is all in prayer. You know, you really right. can't fix a lot of things other than I did go to every single person, including my husband's ex-wives and ask for their forgiveness, which mm -hmm. we are friends now. And we were bitter enemies and like in court and CPS and the whole nine yards. And I, I still don't agree with a lot of things that may have occurred then, but mm -hmm. there is another way to do things. You don't have to be hateful. 
you don't, you can, you can be, you can choose, you know, and that's what I do now because I'm very different in how I approach people and I apologize Mm -hmm. easier. And, and even still people will maybe say, Oh, she's this way or that way. I hope not. You know, I -hmm. try every day. We all fall short. I'm not, there's no way. Absolutely. Perfect. And I got really close to God last year and I knew after all the reparations, after everything, I felt like a piece come on to me like, okay, now I want you to do something. And I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? You know, and I'm writing in a journal, I'm reading the scriptures and I'm really feeling like I told, I told my husband's ex-wife, I think we're supposed to do a podcast. And she's like, I don't feel that maybe that's for you. And I'm like, I don't know how to do any of that. So I just, (laughs) I just didn't do it. I put it away. And man, when I got back from the mountains, it was, it, we were up for a week for my birthday. And all I did was just pray and cause they do things that I really can't do. Cause I'd already hurt my back, mm-hmm. but not in the area that I'm going to explain. It was actually my L3, L4 was just compressed and the fluid mm-hmm. leaked out on the side, but I never had anything else other than some pain quite a bit. But as a nurse, everything is, everything hurts up, all the so. time. Because <laughs> yeah. you stand all the time on on concrete floors and shitty shoes most of the time. <laughs> yep. And then you're and then you're just like both of my hands, carpal tunnel, both of my feet, plantar fasciitis, both of you know, you're mm-hmm. it's just the normal that we call it the nurse curse. It's kind of funny because right. it's like you and you're constantly giving, you know, your energy, like your mm-hmm. actual energy to people to try and heal them, to help them. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing. It's it's not just physical, it's like mental, spiritual. Right. So when you're doing that all the time, it does take an effect if you don't like, you got to cleanse your house, get rid of that, recharge mm-hmm. yourself. Exactly. And I wasn't good. Yeah, I wasn't good about that. And so I got home, best time just sitting with the Lord when the kids would go down the river with my husband. He's really adventurous and I, he doesn't get hurt. So I just watch and take the pictures and I'm happy that way. You know, it's fine. And so mom's on the sideline reading my scriptures, just chilling with the Lord. And I got home and then we didn't unpack the trailer, nothing. We just were tired. We went to bed and I woke up and I couldn't move. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't like so much pain where when you breathe, you can't like, you can't breathe like that Mm -hmm. bad. And I had um, actually herniated my my L5 S1 and the piece came off. I extravated it and it went into my sciatic nerve canal. My ex-husband said, only you could break your back this way. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I Thanks. was like, I'm I extra didn't special. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you and your body. And I'm like, so I I lost connection to my foot, which was mm-hmm. I laid on the floor for two days saying, I'm not going in. I don't care. I, they'll say I'm weird, like pain searching. You get weird as a nurse. You hear all this stuff and then you're like, oh, I don't want to be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to do that. And I said, I'll just wait. I'll just wait and go to my doctor. And it was a weekend. And I, I was scaring my dog because I kept like intermittently screaming Mm -hmm. (laughs) these crazy screams. And I'm like, did that come out of me? (laughs) Like what is happening? And I had a baby at home once and it was like that basically. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, maybe I got to go in. So I did. And they 
said it's a good thing because you need immediate surgery. You're going to lose feeling to your leg. Like, this is really bad. And I'm like, no, no, we got another opinion or something. And yeah. So for months after my surgery, I kept telling them, I said, don't use glue when you go in. Cause when I had my thyroid done it, it I had to have prednisone and everything. I'm allergic to everything. Mm -hmm. So they said, oh, okay. Yeah. He used a different brand instead of Dermabond or no, instead of the other one, he used Dermabond. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's glue in my back. Like I was like, wait. No, I thought I told I you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not just mastosol. I said no, like no, no glue. And he's like, no, no, Dermabond's way better. I'm like, ah, uh, okay. So a couple weeks go by and I'm not okay. Like it's hurting so much and it feels like something's in there. And I kept saying, I, I this is infected. Like, I don't think this is okay. Well, he doesn't want a surgical infection because he's mm -hmm. the surgeon and he's like, exactly. oh no, no. And they don't, yeah. They don't give antibiotics anymore except for like five days. And I kept saying, I think you better hit me with another round of something. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Checked me. So he gives me more prednisone and tanks me. My CRP was 11 when mm -hmm. I ended up in the hospital. So I finally go in screaming at the top of my lungs and say, I'm not leaving. Um, I don't care what he does. They just sent me from the other hospital saying I have all this fluid in my back that could be spinal cord fluid and they won't drain it because it's a medical emergency and I could die. And they're like, yeah, just go home and he'll take care of it Monday. And I'm like, well, your MTALA violation says no, because you didn't have a doctor come in and you're a nurse back and that's cool. But you just switched me from another hospital in an ambulance. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. So you better get a doctor in here. And she was like, Oh, this lady knows some stuff. So they admitted me. And lo and behold, Monday, I was in for emergency surgery. I had a pick line placed. I had a osteomyelitis of the spine. I almost died last year. Um, that's really serious. I had full blown staff in my spinal cord. <laughs> So I was on nafcillin for three months, continuous, never a break, not even boluses. They, they were worried for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote letters to all my kids. Like, that's how scared I was, you know? Well, and like, that's understandable oh. because, you know, given that your bone marrow creates your blood cells, you know, yeah. that, that could be a problem. <laughs> oh, they were terrified. And I could tell like they were just I mean, I was in the hospital a full week. I had drains and all this. They actually drained it three times. And it was like almost a thousand cc's of infected fluid bathing my spinal cord for a month. Yeah. Mm. With my CRP at 11. <laughs> and so he tanked me and I've got to deal with that. But it left me per a lot of permanent damage and mm -hmm. like I have complete neuropathy in that leg and permanent sciatica, which sucks. Like that it does sucks. suck. Mm -hmm. So I, I just realized, okay, when this whole nother opportunity came with Josh, I was like, Oh no, not that again. Not the podcasting. Like that's scary. <laughs> Cause the last time I thought about this, I almost died, you know, like, right. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I really feel like I could help people though, you know? And, and I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. So it was scary for me. This was like a real Jonah moment. I was really not, I was scared to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, right. I just, he, I, and I pray still every day, like I put on the former God, but I also try to do things 
that other people don't always think about is you've got to remember when you're, when you're doing spiritual warfare, not mm -hmm. just, but everybody should do this, but when you're doing specific things, you will have weird stuff happen to you. And it uh -huh. does. Absolutely. Yep. And even last night I finished a podcast and then I went in my room and if my son hadn't been there, I would have thought I was because I, <laughs> I was tired. I thought I'm crazy, you know, and I said, I think my room smells like rotting meat. And my mm -hmm. son came in and he's like, oh, my gosh, is it the dog? And so we're checking everything, checking everything. And my dog won't go in the room. My dog's like, no, bro. And he mm -hmm. loves me. I am his master. He follows me everywhere. I trip over him a hundred times a day. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't come not even for a treat. He was mm -hmm. like, bruh, I'm not coming in that room. And my son's like, mom. And I'm like, it's fine. You know, we're just going to pray. And so mm -hmm. we pray. And then my dog finally comes over the threshold, goes straight to a chair in my room. That's always in my room. And we check the chair and it just is rancid. This chair smells like crazy. And I'm like, there's nothing on that chair. This house, I cleaned it right before. I'm like crazy cleaning. We're nurses. Like mm -hmm. my family came, my room was spotless. And Riker's like, this didn't smell like this. Like 10 minutes ago, I was in here watching TV while you were on the podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh. And stuff like that will happen. And you just have to know you have the power to crush scorpions and snakes. You have to, mm -hmm. it's really hard not to be scared though. In that right. moment, you're like, the dog's freaking out though. Like <laughs> it's not in your head because the, the dog, you know, you're mm -hmm. like, oh. you try to say like, no, no, you, you know, but things happen and you just have to be, especially on podcasting and anything mm -hmm. over the airways because we have to right. take authority over the airways. And right. that happened to us I too with, mm -hmm. I know my modem was bad, but like, it was a lot that week, like interruption, interruption, interruption. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is weird. And you have to remember why you're doing stuff. And so you have to put on the armor of God. I've really branched out in my prayers because Derek Prince talks about, don't just pray for you, you or just like the world or whatever, find some people you can pray for that aren't in your circle. You oh, know? that, that is definitely me. That's a big thing with me is yeah. intercessory prayer because, and it sounds stupid, but I liken it to like having no. a scroll, a giant scroll. And there are so many names on that. And I literally run through that list yes. in my head every single night when I'm praying and every, every day, time before a show, you know, I always say, you know, ask God for, you know, a, a smooth connection that my words come out clearly and concisely that his message is always conveyed and that he uses me as his vessel for whatever he needs the yes, message to be for someone so else. Good. Mm -hmm. The vessel thing, because mm -hmm. I know people that get real and, and this can happen to any of us because why we all have pride. Why did Satan fall? Cause of pride. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we are way less like in the whole hierarchy of life. Okay. than angels and even angels have pride. Okay. Right. So pride is dangerous. Right. And when we begin doing these things and helping people, or if you gain like a following, or if you start getting your prayers answered and people may say, well, I helped you answer your prayers. So you not owe me, but like you should always be indebted like, to me. Yeah. In a weird everything. way or something. Mm -hmm. 
and pastors do that and people do that. And I think you have to remember something. God can use a donkey because he has. Mm-hmm. God can use a donkey. You are no more than a donkey if you're just listening, though. Like you mm-hmm. are, you're God's creation. But what I'm saying is don't don't be prideful of it. If you help mm-hmm. someone, which has happened because people will now send me emails mm-hmm. and I'll pray. And they sent right. me them back and said that I, I really had a breakthrough and I've been praying mm-hmm. for this for 15 years and right. it happened the day you prayed. And part of you wants to be proud, but you have to remember you're just God's vessel. It's only yeah, because and, you're hearing. And that's the thing is anything and everything that happens through prayer is not because I did it. It's because God worked nope. a miracle in your life yes. for whatever yes. you needed. It has or nothing for that to do person. with me. Yeah. 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 Yep. And I think people get that twisted. And I feel like you have to really be careful when we are, when you're a prayer warrior, when you're mm-hmm. doing spiritual warfare or whatever, people get deceived and become weird and they get legalistic and they get like, and I'm like, no, you're going backward. Don't go backward. Mm-hmm. Come forward. Like, right. don't, don't go back to that, you know, because you're not going to help anyone then if you mm-hmm. don't have that connection like you're saying, you know, you it's get that all connection. about the connection. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, it's hard to get. And that, you know, the funny thing is my husband and I always have this discussion, you know, that it talks about um, people in heaven and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is people that are actually, that are already saved, right? That get to heaven, but then God is like, I don't know you. Because right. they never had that personal connection. So even the fair, though they like were, the right, <laughs> even though they were, quote, trying to be good or do good things, they weren't actually living out their purpose in Christ that Christ had for them. And they were definitely, definitely prideful and, you know, not, not thank you, God, for everything that I have. Thank you for letting me wake up today. Thank you for whatever. It's all glory to you. And that's, you know, it's going to happen to people. So important. It's Mm -hmm. so important for us to remember, like, and I think that connection, I don't know if this happened to you. I think if you almost die, something Mm -hmm. changes. Yes. Because I've almost died three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think whatever happened that last time, the two times before helped open my eyes Mm -hmm. because I had a really bad asthma thing and I was in the ICU the mask with the rebrew, all that. And that one opened it a little, the next one, it, the thyroid, it opened it more. But this mm-hmm. last thing with my back, I was already awake mm-hmm. and it was like, everything changed. Like all the color of my whole world right. was like, Oh, I'm not mad at any of them anymore. Like, I don't even care. I don't even care about any of that. I don't even care about I- any bad things. Like even the people that are still hurting me, you know, mm-hmm. And, and people always say, cause I'm estranged from my daughter and it's her husband's choice. And they always say, well, are you angry at him? And I'm like, I'm angry that it's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry at, at him. I'm angry mm-hmm. that I miss her. I'm angry that I want to see her. I'm angry that I'm, I never have seen my grandbaby. I'm angry about missing the time because it's not something mm-hmm. you can get back. Mm-hmm. But I know that God has time. His timing is divine and it right. isn't mine. 
And right. I don't think it's never on that. our timeline. Mm-mm. No. No. And every day I'm like, oh man, you're helping. Sometimes they get kind of like, you're helping all these people through me. Please help me. But like, he probably is helping me. Mm-hmm. It's just in a different way. Like, but we don't here's, see it. here's the thing in that, in those kind of situations, not just for you in general, but anybody that's going through, you know, whether it's child custody or whatever, right? he's working not just in your life. He's working in the other people's lives too. So if things aren't settled, he's not done. And that means that he still has more work to do in their hearts and in their minds to resolve the situation. It's not about Well, I don't think, and I think with my daughter, I really understood it later as I don't think I ever would have done my purpose had Mm -hmm. I continued in that same relationship because- which I I miss her. I don't want, it will be a different relationship when it comes back. Right. Because I never would have had time. I just spent all my time glorifying my children or doing Mm -hmm. things for my children or whatever Mm -hmm. for my kids. And that's wonderful. You great. But you have to remember this. I put my child multiple times, that child, that specific child over my husband's Mm-hmm. I put my grandma over my husband's. Mm-hmm. I put other people in my life. That's not the hierarchy of the Lord. There's right. a reason why we are to have our husband first mm-hmm. and then our children. And I made her a God to me. I see it now, but mm-hmm. in, in the moment, I don't know that I ever could have understood that, you know, right. that I made her this thing that was, cause I almost lost her. She, she was so sick as a kid. And I was scared. They all teased me because they're like, oh, it's because she looks just like she does look just like me. Like it's it's actually creepy, <laughs> you know, and I mean, my littlest one does, too. So it does continue. But it's like, OK, your genes are strong. That's great. But that wasn't ever why it was that fear of losing her. And now I have lost her in a mm-hmm. way. It's been four right. years, so it's long. Um, But I know that. God says, and every time I start pity, poor pity me type thing, Mm -hmm. I always remember the story of Job when all his children got crushed right in front of his eyes in one day. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that that has not been my case because it could be way worse. And God did restore his blessings, but how can you restore those children? Even if he had other children, that doesn't matter. You can have all the children in the world, but they're not that child. You know, and so Job still suffered afterward. People always say, well, he, you know, he was reinstated and had his whole, no, not exactly. That pain Mm -hmm. comes with you. And if you use it in the good way, you help people, right? you know, and that's what people don't realize is that if you truly want to know the Lord, you're probably going to have to go through some really bad stuff. Like, well, and that's why I'm so honored beyond belief that you are on my show and that you're so open and candid about your life because you're giving your testimony. You're giving your life's testimony to what you went through and how you overcame that and where you are now. So it's a beautiful thing. So I, I commend you. you for, for having the grace and the strength to do so. Thank you. That means a lot to me because it's, it's hard to get up and just say, okay, here's all this crappy stuff. And it almost sounds like a lie. Like people are like, 
your life is insane. Like mm -hmm. what? You, you, you know, you had, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg. Like, right. You know, I didn't, I didn't get into my dad was in prison for a good part of my life. Or like, mm -hmm. I have all these sisters and brothers that don't have anything to do with me after he died and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And I'm like, it's hard. You know, that's a hard thing to go through because they had different moms and I was already married and you know, whatever mm -hmm. you weren't raised with them. And then my only brother I did have died. The one I took care of all the time, he died of an accidental drug overdose. And mm -hmm. then I wanted nothing more than to help raise his child. And the mom that had never been involved for more than 10 years said, no, nope. I, and I really feel like that was about money. Cause mm -hmm. if it was about love, why was she here for so long? You know? Right. And then she kills herself two years later and traumatizes my niece again and like leaves right. her to this lady that's not family, like all these things. And it just kept happening. Like that was happening. I lost five people that year. My ex-husband's wife, who was so close to my kids, like she was a wonderful person. Like she was wonderful. Like when people say, Oh, are you jealous? Cause they call her mama Mo. Cause she was this black lady named Monique and she was sassy mm -hmm. and funny. And I'm like, no, she loves, if she loves my kids that much that they want to do that. That's amazing. Great. Right. I, that means yep. I don't have to worry when they're over there. Like exactly. I know they're good, you know? And so people would say that to me and I'm like, no, that's so weird. And then she just drops dead at 40 something my ex-husband came home. She had been sick and had some muscle myopathy. And then she, I think she threw a clot. She, she mm -hmm. drove in the car after they did a sample in her thigh muscle and she just died. You know, right. he, he came home, no phone call, no help, no, nothing. It had to be a clot. Like right. they didn't do an autopsy because she'd already been sick for a while and they just said, okay, she was sick, but that happened. And my dad passed away and my grandma passed away. And I had to come to terms with that because that whole thing with her never got resolved. I mean, mm -hmm. it was a mess and my brother died and my brother died two weeks after his wife died. It was like mm -hmm. 10 days. It, it was like a disaster. It was a literal disaster. And right. people were like, you're either lying or like, you have a, horrible. I'm like, why but would you I know, lie? <laughs> no, but you know what it is, it is how, when you have situations like that, that just compound on each other, it is how that you have the, the dignity and the grace to come through those situations and not let those rule your life, destroy your life, right. whatever. It's how you live through that experience and how you you know, turn those things into better energy to help other people. Well, the whole matters. thing with like the, my brother and being a caregiver, like, I'm sure this is you too. Like I'm always mm -hmm. such a, like, cause I work trauma ER forever. So I'm always mm -hmm. the girl that's like, don't talk to me about being sad. I have to go plan a funeral, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're like, right. Oh, you're crazy. You're super weird. And I'm like, no, I just <laughs> like, I don't want my mom to have to do that. Do you know what right. I mean? Like that's my right. son. And like, I did that I when, when my sister passed away, my brother and I did the funeral arrangements because we knew my parents couldn't. No. And it's like, mm -hmm. unless you go through that with your family and I'm so sorry, because that loss is like so weird 
it, when mm -hmm. it's a, a brother or sister, like they mm -hmm. say the only people that ever really can really relate to you is your siblings because they grew up with the same parents and the same mm -hmm. everything. So like, even if they had a different experience, like, right. Like one was the favorite or something, but they what? still know we what did. happened. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what and, happened. <laughs> right. And so you, but you at least have a, a safety net and saying like, oh, they know, they know my heart. They know mm -hmm. this or that, you know, like right. your brother does. He knows right. your real pain. Whereas I right. can say that to my mom, but really I don't know her pain as a mother. Like mm -hmm. I know it's painful, but right. I, I know it as a sister, you know, it's mm -hmm. different. And so I think we have to really put all that in perspective and try and be, I always try and be that rock for people because I will have my breakdown later alone. That's mm -hmm. what we do. If we didn't compartmentalize well, right. we sure wouldn't make very good nurses. I mean, <laughs> truth. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, it makes that a little bit of a weird presentation for some things for people. And mm -hmm. like my one daughter said, oh, you see, you come across as not very uh, like, they cry sometimes for like no reason and stuff. And like, I'm like, do you need food? What's happening? Like to me, that doesn't process because I'm like, well, you're not bleeding or hurt or like something's not wrong. Even emotionally, it could be like you broke up with your boyfriend. I get that. But like, if you're just crying because you have emotions, I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah, <laughs> see, like, uh, I was not that way before, that. but now I am because crying is cleansing, crying is healing, and it helps yeah. us to recenter and rebalance our body in ways yeah. that other things definitely can't do. And that's my husband will chuckle at me because we'll be watching <laughs> a TV or something. And something as simple as like an Alpo commercial for dog food right, comes on right. and I will just start crying and he'll be like releasing <laughs> and I'll be like, yes. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're crying you're too. Like, <laughs> I know my allergies are crying. Ah, and I'm like different. I'll do it, but I do it alone because I always feel like you have to be the strong person. And I think it was just because I always was, you know, mm -hmm. and I think they don't see that part of me. It's okay much. to give yourself a break. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird. You it's like a it. weird thing. Yeah, you yeah. you deserve it because mm. your life you went through torment and turmoil just like Jesus did when he was here. Right. And and chastise and you know uh all of that stuff. And so those things happen, but you also need to learn to accept yourself the way that you are and love yourself because right. you are a strong person because you did get closer to God and you came out on the right side of things. Uh, so many people have, when they leave, especially Mormonism, but Christianity in general, if anything, especially Mormons will become atheists. And this was my main thing that I didn't want to happen for people that I wanted them to see. Like they'll say, Oh, I, I work at the psych hospital and they'll say to me, you don't know, you, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know on addiction and I'll smile and say, you don't know you what I know. don't know. <laughs> and sometimes know they'll call me. Than you think. 
And sometimes they'll call me out on it. And one time I did say some stuff to a younger kid. He was like 14. And he said, yeah, okay, nurse lady with your nice car and your fancy life or something. And I said, I want mm -hmm. you to know, I, I grew up in the trailer park and I was a ward of the court just like you before 12. And mm -hmm. he just looked at me and I said, I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you this. I understand. And mm -hmm. after that, he did get it. And I think right. that's where we have to try to make a difference. Like go right. out there and talk to people about not just me, anybody, Mm -hmm. you, your pain inside yourself just grows. Your pain right. to share with someone else helps you grow. Right. And so you have so to let you, go. You gave a little piece of your testimony to him, which he needed so that he could form that connection and that relationship with you that was needed for his healing. And, and that's, they tell that's us important. so much not mm -hmm. to do it. They say, mm -hmm. don't, don't do that. Let the therapist do that. Let this happen. But sometimes well, that is, that, that is in the traditional teaching of healthcare, which is completely yeah. wrong. Completely. Well, wrong. and we have to be a person first. Like I'm mm -hmm. a nurse, but I am a human. And if I mm -hmm. get in trouble for that, well, then so be it. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm in a human moment with someone and you want to criticize that because I overreached to help somebody, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll take the firing. Like, mm -hmm. cool. Whatever. I've been fired. Yeah, yeah. I've been fired for standing up for a patient and I will do Same. it every time. Same. Yeah. I got, I, I got in trouble too. Yep. So, and it's because I, you have a heart. Yeah, exactly. And that's something yeah. you should never hide and you should, you should never feel like you have to hide behind a mask. You should always be able to be you. So, Miss Heidi, I have to end it because yeah. I have to go take care of You're my hubby too. But You're good. I love I love the conversation. I feel so happy that you came on today and I think Thank we have you. we have a very good connection and we could probably literally talk for 24 hours oh, yeah. and not bored. <laughs> it's awesome. Just I saying. love this conversation. And I'm so glad you had me on and so that we can hopefully touch some people too, mm -hmm. to let them Absolutely. know just because your religion was proved wrong. Doesn't mean God was wrong. Just because Correct. a man failed you doesn't mean God will fail you just right. because people hurt you doesn't mean God wants you hurt. Mm -hmm. We all grow from things and Amen. we're here to do it. Amen yes. for that. So, so tell them me. real quick, where can they find you at my dear? Absolutely. I am at the unfiltered rise. I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, all the things, Instagram, TikTok, Um, and I think that's everything. <laughs> and I appreciate you so much for having me on. I appreciate well, this. It was a beautiful conversation. Um, and Thank we may you. have to do more shows together in the future. Yeah, after one, I, would while. I like a, I like a round table of ladies. Oh, so that would be uh, amazing. Yeah, so um, I will try to figure out something for the next one, and I will let okay. you know because I would love to have you on awesome. and er introduce you around to some more people. Thank so. you. Thank you so much for that. I'd love to help spread the word, and I'll do my best to keep keep on giving the glory to God, and that's what we're about. So, Amen to that. So right. thank you thank again, you. and thank you, listeners, and we will see you next time. Have a good one. Thank you.